0: Mystery Babylon. What's it all about? You'll find out on His Voice Today.
1: Welcome to another His Voice Today with Steve Wolberg.
0: I heard a story once about two masked men dressed in black with submachine guns. They burst into a large church in the middle of a church service went up to the front and pointed their guns at the crowd. Of course, everybody was just uh, terrified. And these men then shouted out, and they said, whoever is willing to die for Jesus Christ, stay in your seats. If you're not willing to die, then leave. There was a huge shuffle, and most people left. And after they were gone, these men took off their masks, they sat down in the pews, they took out Bibles, then they looked at the pastor and they said, Pastor, we're ready to hear a good sermon now. All the hypocrites are gone. Remember that story as we get into our topic. The title is called Mystery Babylon Part 1. In the book of Revelation chapter 14 we have three power-packed messages represented by three angels giving messages to the whole world before the coming of Jesus Christ. In Revelation 14 verse 8 we have the message of the second angel and it's about Babylon. Verse 8 says, there followed another angel, saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, that great city, because she made all the nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. So here we have a powerful text about Babylon. Now, there are a lot of opinions and interpretations about who is this mystery Babylon that has fallen and that has made the whole world drunk with her wine. Uh, some people think that the literal city of ancient Babylon will be rebuilt in the sands of Iraq. Uh, other people think that it's uh, it's America, America's Babylon. Others think that it's the United Nations. Some, thinks, some think it's um, a symbol of apostate Israel. I've heard that interpretation and there are others that strongly believe that the Mystery Babylon described in Revelation represents the Roman Catholic Church. So there's a lot of opinions uh, and we're gonna try to unravel this mystery and find out by putting the clues together as to who this Babylon really is. Now one of the big clues is found in Revelation chapter 17 that tells us that mystery Babylon represents a woman. Babylon is a woman. Revelation 17 describes about this woman we have a lot of details about her and um, one of the things that we need to realize is that a woman especially in uh, symbolic prophecy in the New Testament often represents those who profess to be the people of God professed followers of Jesus and it's significant in Revelation 14 and in chapter 17 that this woman is represented as a fallen woman The Bible says again, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen. Now the fact that she's a woman and that that she's fallen shows that at at one point she was upright. Uh, She was um, noble and virtuous, but then she fell. And this is a clue that will help us to put the pieces together ultimately as to who this woman represents. One of the most significant chapters dealing with the fall is in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. So if you have a Bible, I invite you to open with me and we'll take a look. Uh, And I'm going to attempt, attempt to prove, as we go along from text to text, that the fall of Babylon is actually connected to a falling away from Jesus Christ inside of his church. That's what I will show you from the Bible. So, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 is probably one of Paul's greatest apocalyptic chapters dealing with the rise of Antichrist, dealing with things that are going to happen before the return of Jesus. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, starting with verse 1, Paul talks about the coming of Jesus and our gathering together to him. Verse 1, Paul said, now, we beseech you brethren, he's writing to the Thessalonians church, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together to Him. So, Paul is urging the church to listen up, he's got very important counsel, he said, Jesus is coming and we are going to be gathered together to be with Jesus forever. Now, if you go down to verse 3, Paul tells us about something very significant that is going to happen uh, inside the church before Jesus returns to gather His people. In verse 3, Paul warned, "...let no man deceive you by any means, for that day," referring to the day when Jesus will come to gather his people, "...that day shall not come, except there come a falling away," and the next word there is first, "...except there come a falling away first." Now, this is very significant. Uh, Paul is telling us that before Jesus comes to gather his people, something is going to happen. There's going to be something first. There's going to be what he calls a falling away. Now, uh, you don't have to be a Greek scholar to understand the Bible, but sometimes knowing a little bit of Greek, which underlies the English that we read in our Bibles, is helpful. And this word, falling away, or these two words, falling away, actually comes from an original Greek word, and the word is apostasia apostasia, which literally means apostasy, uh, which has to do with a a departure and an apostasy from Jesus. And that is going to be happening inside of the Christian church. Now, this may be a shocking concept to you. Maybe maybe you've never thought about this, uh, an apostasy within the professed church of Jesus Christ. But this is actually a major New Testament theme. Uh, As we'll see, we're going to look up a lot of different verses. Uh, Paul talked about it. Peter talked about it. Jesus talked about it in the book of Revelation. Jude talked about it. Uh, The New Testament is loaded with scriptures that warn God's people about apostasy taking place inside the professed church of Jesus Christ. So let's look at some of these verses. Let's go to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 20. During one of his missionary tours Uh, Paul did a lot of preaching God changed his life and he was out there uh, preaching raising up churches talking about Jesus just about wherever he went and in Acts chapter 20 we find Paul meeting with a group of elders who came from the church of Ephesus that had been established and in Acts chapter 20 it says in verse 17 that from Miletus Paul sent to Ephesus And he called for the elders of the church. Now remember this, this is the leaders of the church. They came from Miletus, they came to meet with Paul. Verse 18 says, when they were come to him, he said to them. So here's the context, Paul is talking to them, the leaders of the church, the Christian church in Ephesus. And in verse 28, Paul said, take heed therefore, take heed therefore to yourselves and to all of the flock over which the Holy ghost has made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he has purchased with his own blood." Which he has purchased with his own blood. Verse 29, Paul said, For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. So again, here Paul is talking to the elders of the church of Ephesus, and he's warning them that wolves are going to enter, and that word is in. This is verse 29, wolves shall enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Uh, Verse 30, Paul said, also of your own selves shall men arise speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. In verse 31, he said, therefore watch And remember that for the space of three years, I cease not to warn everyone night and day with tears. People cry for a lot of reasons. Uh, Babies cry. Uh, My wife and I have two small children, and, um, well, they're getting bigger now. Uh, Abby's almost five and Seth is eight. But uh, when they were little, even, you know, just little babies, obviously they cried. Um, uh, You know, people get hurt, they cry. If you fall off a bike, people cry. Um, If you have a major... um, problem with a loved one, even something bigger than that, like a divorce, you know, or a, probably the worst thing is to lose someone that you love, someone that dies. You know, people cry. Uh, the tears flow for many, many reasons in this world of sin. But Paul is telling us in Acts chapter 20 verse 31 that he cried, and not just for one day, but he said he cried for three years, three years uh, and his tears were because of what he saw was going to be happening inside of the church of Jesus. He said, for, for three years I ceased not to warn everyone night and day with tears. Paul had a major burden about the subject because he saw that something was going to happen inside the church of Jesus Christ. There are many other verses that we can look at. Uh, let's just take a look at a few more. First Timothy chapter 4 verse 1, Paul wrote to young Timothy, he was a young pastor, and Paul wrote that the Spirit speaks expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith. They'll be in the faith for a while, but then they will depart from it, and they will give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. So there's going to be a detour that many who start out following Jesus, they're in the faith, but then they depart from it and they start listening to the doctrines of the devil and to uh, seducing spirits and they are subtly and slowly led away from Jesus Christ, from his love and from his gospel. Paul warned about the same thing in 2 Timothy chapter 4. He talked about the day uh, when Jesus would come to judge the quick and the dead, the living and the dead. Verse 2, he Paul urged Timothy to preach the word, this is his counsel to all uh, ministers and pastors and church leaders to preach the word of God, not the traditions of men. And then in verse 3 he said, For the time will come, he saw it coming, when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts or, or desires, evil desires, they will gather to themselves teachers, all kinds of teachers, having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and they shall be turned to fables. Itching ears, uh, it's, it's like a disease, an itching ear disease. It's not a real you know, disease of the ear, but it's a spiritual disease that leads people to have an itch for something new, something different, that really isn't sound according to the Bible. And Paul knew that this was gonna happen, even right inside the church of Jesus Christ. And so he warned young Timothy, he warns pastors and church leaders Bible workers, Bible instructors, uh, to follow the Word of God, to preach the Word, to stick with Scripture, and not to be turned away. Just like in Second Thessalonians 2 verse 3, Paul talked about a falling away. In Acts chapter 20, he talked about the wolves that would come in and, and that would turn away the disciples. So they would go after them instead of after Jesus. And here he talks about how people will turn away their ears from the truth and they will be turned to fables. So all of these verses basically uh, say the same thing. And there are others. Just to prove my point, let's look at a few more. Second Peter chapter 2 verse 1. Now, now it's not Paul, but now it's Peter. And in verse 1 Peter said, there will, just as there were false uh, prophets in the Old Testament among the people, even so there will be false teachers among you and they will bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them and bringing upon themselves swift destruction. Verse two says that many shall follow their pernicious ways. So many, Peter said, would be led astray by false teachers that come right among you, among the professed believers of Jesus Christ. Jude warned about the same thing. Jude is the last book of the New Testament right before Revelation which is really the last book but it's the book before the last book. Uh, Jude only has one chapter and in verse 3, Jude wrote, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write to you about our common salvation, it was needful for me to write to you and to exhort you that you should contend earnestly for the faith which was once and for all delivered to the saints. Verse 4, for there are certain men who have crept in unawares, who were of old ordained to condemnation ungodly men turning the grace of God into a license for sin and denying our only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. So here Jude's doing the same thing. He said that there there were certain deceivers who were coming right in among the early believers and Jude urged them and warned them. He said, hold on to the original faith that was once and for all given to the saints. Don't let these seducers lead you away from Jesus. Now let's go to the book of Revelation, the last book of the Bible. And uh, we're going to discover some amazing things. In Revelation chapter 1, we find John having a vision on the island of Patmos. Uh, most scholars believe that the book of Revelation was written uh, somewhere around 96 AD. Uh, John was the last living follower of Jesus Christ. All the others had died. Uh, the Roman Empire tried to kill John because he was such a, such a faithful preacher. There's a tradition that uh, the, the Emperor of Rome threw him into a, into a vat of boiling oil, but he just popped up. Uh, just like Daniel in the lion's den. Uh, the lion's mouths were shut and he wasn't hurt. And the same thing with John. God protected him and so the, the Romans couldn't kill him. So they banished him to an island called the island of Patmos. And it was on that island, as an old man, that John received the book of Revelation. In chapter 1, verse 12, John's vision begins, and he turns around, and he sees seven golden candlesticks. And verse 13 says, in the midst of the seven candlesticks he saw one who looked like the Son of Man, and this was Jesus himself. And Jesus was walking in the midst of these candlesticks, and this is when John saw him. And then Jesus began to speak to John and to explain the mystery of the seven candlesticks and the seven stars that were in his hand. And then he starts to explain what this is all about. Uh, In verse 20 of Revelation chapter 1, Jesus explains that the seven candlesticks which you saw are the seven churches. These are seven churches. There's Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, and it goes on explaining what these seven churches are. The first church of the seven was a church called Ephesus. And in chapter 2, Jesus begins to give a message that he tells John to write down to this uh, Ephesian church. Now take a look at this, this is very important. In verse 1, to the church of Ephesus write. And then Jesus begins to give counsel. These things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know your works and your, your labor and your patience, and how you cannot bear them which are evil, and how you have tried those who say they are apostles and are not, and you have found them liars. So here, uh, Jesus is talking to the first church, the Ephesus church, and he said that uh, they were doing a lot of good things and that there were people that had come in among them that claimed to be apostles of Jesus, but they weren't. They were false apostles. And they were able to detect uh, some of these apostles and found them liars. Verse 3 says, you have borne, you have had patience, and for my name's sake, you have labored and you have not fainted. They were doing good for a while. But then in verse 4, Jesus becomes very pointed and he said, he said, nevertheless, I have somewhat against you because you have left, you have left your first love. Left your first love, just like um, Judas was a follower of Jesus. But then he, he apostatized, he departed from Christ, and he ultimately betrayed him with a kiss. Uh, Jesus said that many inside the church of Ephesus were losing their first love for him. And then in verse 5 he said, Remember therefore from, from where you have fallen, notice that word fallen, and repent and do the first works, or else I will come to you quickly and I will remove your candlestick out of its place unless you repent. So here's a problem that's going on in the early church of Ephesus. Uh, The believers originally, they loved Jesus. They loved Him with all their hearts. They followed Him. They tested the false apostles. They found them liars. They did a lot of good things. They helped spread the gospel. But a problem started developing, and little by little, step by step, slowly, they started uh, losing their love for Jesus. Uh, It's a little bit like a marriage. You know, people get married and they're excited. They say, I do. They commit their whole lives. They have their honeymoon and everybody's so happy and they hope that they'll live happily forever after. But as time goes on, uh, you know, character defects come out and, um, you know, maybe they have kids and uh, the kids become a real trial. Uh, Who knows what happens? All kinds of things happen. Maybe another person, uh, another man or another woman works his way into their into their lives, or the lives of one of them, and step by step, uh, the, the husband or the wife loses his first love for his, his spouse, or she loses her love for him, he loses his love for her, and they, they fall, they fall away from their vows. And this is what Jesus was warning about, and it was happening right there among the professed followers of Jesus Christ. That's very clear, again, I'll read it. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against you because you have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen and repent and do the first works. It's, uh, it reminds me of, of heart disease. Heart disease is one of the biggest killers. In fact, it's the number one killer uh, in developed societies. What's happened, I think a lot of it has to do with just all the garbage that people are eating, the junk food. Uh, Too much fat, too much cholesterol, and uh, these fat and cholesterol eventually start to clog the coronary arteries that uh, supply blood to the heart. And as the walls thicken, uh, cardiovascular disease increases, and uh, blood circulation uh, is lessened, the amount of oxygen getting to all the cells of the body, uh, is is cut down and little by little the, the person develops uh, a very dangerous condition which could lead to a fatal heart attack. And in the light of what we've read in the book of Acts, uh, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, uh, 1 Peter 2.1, Jude verses 3 and 4 in the book of Revelation, Jesus' message to the church of Ephesus, it's pretty clear that Jesus and the New Testament were warning that uh, as the train of the church was going down the track of church history, that very, very serious problems were developing, not outside of Christianity, not out there, but inside of the church of Jesus Christ. It's like heart disease, a heart condition was developing, a couple of arteries were getting clogged, and, uh, and believers were losing their first love, and they were falling away. Falling away from the Lord now. Let me clarify uh, that the New Testament is also clear that the true Church of Jesus Christ is going to weather the storm That no matter what happens inside the church God is always going to have a people that the gates of hell cannot prevail against that church But in the light of prophecy and in the light of all these verses, uh, it's pretty clear that Something was going to happen very insidious and very dangerous inside the Christian Church and this was uh, described as a fall. Jesus said to the church in Ephesus, he said, remember from where you have fallen and repent and come back. Uh, as you keep reading the book of Revelation, you go, you go on from chapter two to three and you keep reading step by step. Eventually, you get to chapter 14 and to chapter 17. And these chapters describe the rise of a mysterious woman called Babylon. Uh, Revelation 17 says her name is Mystery, 17.5, Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. Revelation 14, verse 8, we have a message from an angel and he says that Babylon is Fallen, there's that word fallen, the same word that we saw in 2 Thessalonians 2, there would be a falling away. Same word we see in uh, Revelation chapter 2, where the church, people within the church, have fallen away from their first love and need to repent and come back. And now we have Babylon is fallen, is fallen that great city, because she, this woman, this professed, uh, claiming to be a follower of God, this professed follower of Jesus, she has made all the nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. Now, we're going to continue this subject uh, in part two. And as we do, I'm going to get into more details from Revelation 17. Uh, there's actually at least a dozen clues in Revelation 17 that we're going to put together point by point to actually identify this woman, uh, You'll need to hold on to your seats, but you'll have to come back or tune us in when we get to our part two of this program because we're not ready to do it now. We're just laying the foundation. But the foundation is pretty clear. The foundation of Babylon, mystery Babylon, that uh, a falling, that she's a fallen woman and that this is a fall away from grace, a fall away from God, which we find over and over and over and over and over again warned about in the New Testament. Paul warned about it, Peter warned about it, Jude warned about it, and Jesus warned about it in the book of Revelation. And I will prove to you in part two, uh, as we identify this mystery woman, that this is definitely a, a fallen woman that is connected to a departure from Jesus Christ inside the professed Church of our Lord and our Savior. So you don't want to miss that meeting. But as we wind this up, as we wind this up, uh, we all need to search our own hearts and ask ourselves, uh, Lord, is it me? Uh, we, we need to search our hearts daily and make sure that, that we don't fall away. Paul warned that there'd be, a, there'd be an apostasy in the church before Jesus comes, before Jesus comes to gather his people. And those that are going to be gathered are going to be those that don't fall away those that are faithful, those that stick to the Bible, that stick to Jesus, that stick to the Gospel, that stick to the truth, that don't have itching ears, and that don't uh, let themselves be turned away from the truth to fables. I heard a story once about uh, a father who had a little boy, and he told his little boy to climb a ladder. And the little boy did, he was, the little boy was about five, and as the boy um, climbed the ladder, the dad said to him, he said, uh, now jump, jump, I'll catch you. And so the little boy, trusting his dad, he jumped. And then the father backed up and let the boy hit the cement hard. And the kid started crying, and the father picked him up. And the boy was crying, and he looked at the boy, and he said, Son, let that be a lesson to you. Never trust anyone. Never trust anyone. What a horrible dad. Uh, And the good news is that our Heavenly Father is not like that. That even if we do fall, and even if we do hit the cement, and even if we have problems and sins, that uh, Jesus will pick us up, uh, and he'll catch us. He'll hold on to us. He'll, he'll get us back on track. Uh, Jude, the last one of the last verses in the book of Jude, says that God can keep us from falling and get us ready for his coming. Revelation chapter 8, or chapter 14, verse 8, warns about Babylon. The great has fallen, has fallen that great city, because she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. By, by God's grace, let's make sure that we don't fall. Let's be faithful to Jesus Christ.
1: We hope you enjoyed today's message by Steve Wolberg. We feel privileged to be a part of God's commission to share the gospel with the world. You too can be a part of our gospel outreach team by supporting messages just like these with your financial gifts. We strive to be careful with every dollar that we receive, knowing these donations are sacred gifts to build up God's kingdom of grace and salvation. To find other great resources or to donate online, go to whitehorsemedia.com. Or you can call us at 1 800 78 Bible. That's 1 800 782 4253. You can follow us on Twitter at Whitehorse7 or on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash Steve That's Steve W O H L B E R G. If you prefer to contact us by mail, write to Whitehorse Media, P.O. Box 130, Priest River, Idaho 83856. Thanks for your support and may God richly bless your day.